This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the Simple Politics Podcast. We are back. It is a very special day that we're recording. It's the 29th of February. So big shout out to everyone who has their birthday on the 29th of February. Just, you are very special. Something that's not so special is uh, my guests today. They're not my guests. Quite right. Quite (laughs) right. (laughs) My fellow co-podcasters, Tatten and Diane. How are you both? Oh, you know, very mundane, the ordinary, <laughs> not special. <laughs> I'd I'd say reliable, reliable. Yeah. You're always here bringing yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, yes. But it's very funny. The 29th of Feb is very funny because I saw uh, something yesterday that said, whatever you do on the 29th of Feb won't appear in your social media memories for four years. So enjoy it. <laughs> Have a good one. Like do something wild. <laughs> you see, I'm I'm furious today. Oh God. <laughs> I'm so I'm so angry. Because, right, this leap year thing. Let's get let's get this out there. This leap year thing, I get. I get that we have to like it's about the world circling the sun and stuff like that, right? But why? Why? Is it the 29th of February? Why are we extending one of the worst months of the bloody year, right? <laughs> Why can't it be the, the 32nd of August? And we could have another day of August. Wouldn't that be nice? Why can't we could sprinkle it through June? 45 minutes extra sleep every night in June. And then you've got your whole, your whole day all sorted. We could do bank holidays twice, right? Oh, that was a nice bank holiday, you'd think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get another one. I get another one. And then you get a week and that's four days in a row. We could make something so glorious out of leap years. And instead we have the 29th of February. Oh, limping through February, having to endure another day. So, lovely people. We're going to have a campaign about this. We're going to be the 32nd of Augusters, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to we're going to have placards. We're going to be so intense about it. James Cleverly is going to be like, "Oh, this 32nd of August thing is a hate campaign." And uh we're going to we're, we're going to have so- I haven't written a song yet, but we're going to have songs and it's going to be it's going to be glorious and in 4 years time you heard it here first in 4 years time they will have buckled 
Yeah. And we're definitely going to have the 32nd of August as our leap year day. You you wait. I'm a very effective campaigner. What happens I to made the sure. rhyme pattern? 28 days clear, 29 in each leap year. I mean, you can't mess with the rhyme. I think we're creative enough. <laughs> AI can sort it out. We'll bung it into something AI-ish and it'll be like, oh, here we go. 32nd of August. That rhymes with good. nothing. <laughs> and it, well, AI will sort it. Poor, poor February. It normally only gets 28 days. It's the shorter and just every four years it gets to almost be the same length as every other month. In the bin with yeah. February. You you mm. only want it to be a longer August because that's your birthday month. I see right through you. I mean, that's literally the last reason <laughs> it would be in August. I mean, I would skip the 20th of August and go 33 days instead. The 33rd of August. Uh, so I didn't have to do that nonsense. Uh, Tatton, before we started this podcast, you said you were going to launch a campaign. Was that the campaign? Yeah, this is my campaign. Mm. Okay, well, I had no idea. So it. I gave you a segue that, can, can, like, we're just so in sync. Simple politics, yep. we're just like, look at us go. No, like, this is, this, is, this is the hill on which I die. Okay. This matters. I've come up with this about half an hour ago, and I've you decided can you can tell. that my next, <laughs> my next four years will be dedicated, and it's going to be such a wonderful victory for the people. Okay. Well, yes. Good luck. Good luck with that tattoo. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Pretty quickly, we're going to go. I've to got the, more to say on it. I've got more to say on it. And the top posts of the week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the section of the podcast where we look at what has been most popular on our social media this week. So, Tata, what was our third most popular post of this week? I mean, the third most popular post was Lee Anderson saying Islamophobic things on telly. It's a TV channel. We're going to talk about TV a bit later, mm-hmm. but it's a TV channel that's designed to get people to say punchy things. And he's, I mean, you know, he overstepped the mark. It is, it is quite a hard mark to find, because you're supposed to say things on GB News that are just shy of the line so that everyone can have a debate about it and it's all that kind of thing, right? And he, I mean, he well overstepped it. The government got rid of him pretty pretty quickly. Uh, so he's no longer a conservative MP. And I mean, they, got, they did get rid of him much quicker than the Labour Party got rid of their candidate in Rochdale, mm. um, which they're like quite keen on pointing out. It's disgraceful, but government ministers still can't say it's Islamophobic. They're always like, what he said was wrong. And when they're pushed about whether it's Islamophobic, they always say no. Um, in fact, LBC, Nick Ferrari, just cut, cut a government minister off in the mm. middle of the interview uh, and said, shut up. There's no, you're not, you're not getting down to it. Um, and it looks ridiculous. It's mm. wrong. Why is it wrong? It's wrong. They've got nowhere to go with it anyway he's um now sitting as an independent mp there's been lots of talk of him joining reform and reform have suggested that they don't want him he's too toxic and they said they've already turned down two mps who asked to join them because they don't want reform to be the home of toxic 
MPs. Now, mm. um, someone tweeted, that's a bit like saying, my girlfriend goes to another school. Yes. You don't know her. <laughs> yes, um, it really feels that way. <laughs> we, lots of MPs. Oh, I get yeah. so many MPs, says yeah. Richard Tice. You just don't um, know them. <laughs> you just don't know them. Um <laughs> But you can see why, actually. You can see why they might turn down MPs if you just went where all the... Dis- it became a party where the disgraced MPs go. Like Benton, this corrupt MP from Blackpool. If he asked to go, but like, well, but he's corrupt. You don't, you don't want him. So it's possible we won't see Lee Anderson joining it. It's possible that they're saying this now because talks have broken down mm. in some way. But, you know, time will tell. For now, he's independent. He says he wants to fight the next election. I can't see a way back for him fighting the next election for a conservative, for the Conservative Party. It'd be almost impossible for the Conservative Party to say, yeah, welcome back. Yeah. So, oh, and, and he hasn't, um, and he hasn't apologised. So that's, you know. Well, that's he, he, why he said he it was, was clumsy. That's, that's actually why he had, why he was, removed from the party isn't it not for what he said mm. but because he refused to apologize for what he said so yeah so you know there, there we go i think we've given him enough airtime okay then let's move on to the second most popular post of the week diane okay second most popular piece now tatum find this one so he'll probably jump in in a sec but it's around a bbc investigation on car insurance okay Car insurance is expensive and horrendous at the best of times, but they explored some details on postcodes, okay? And what they found, and they did it numerous, 6,000 times they checked this, that if you are... That poor intern. Pardon? That poor intern. That poor intern, yeah. (laughs) Just spreadsheet. I know. Oh, my goodness. But... Basically, they looked and using the same driver details, using everything that was the same, if you live somewhere in England that has got a high ethnicity, high ethnic population, you're more likely to pay more for your car insurance, despite some some other things like road accidents and crime being equal. Okay, and I think that was the point you really wanted to make, Tat, and it was despite those things being equal, this still seems to be the case. And it just... I mean, this went off in the comments um, hugely because there was some people sharing their actual lived experience of this and there was people sort of, you know, saying, is it to do with social class as well? And is it to do, you know, there was all sorts of factors people were asking about. The point is, we don't really know how car insurance firms do it, do we? It's a little bit, little bit uh, shady, you know, and I think, they could help themselves massively by being transparent about this and how this has worked out because it feels not right at all. So hugely popular post, lots to question, I think. It's, it, it is, I mean, it's so opaque. I happen mm. to have been doing my car insurance yesterday and the cheapest quote was like 600 quid and it went up to 3,000 quid. And it's like, like sometimes there's an element of kind of reassuring the expensive, like you might want to pay a bit more because you're going to get a good cover, a good insurance mm. or, or, or whatever. But when you click through, there's like almost no difference between them whatsoever. And how on earth does that happen? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's really confusing. I think the point did come down on this too. Mm. People's, people were saying that 
it's because they have different rates of road accidents and crime in the two areas. And I, was got, I got really frustrated and I had a little comment on that that said, they had the same road yeah, accidents and crime. Yeah, yeah. But that's the point. But, yeah. you know, mm. who knows how these things work. Mm. Be interesting to see if there's any response from that industry because that's it's only been quite hot, hasn't it? So, mm. do you know? Do you know what mm. we talk about institutional racism, mm. right? Where no one involved sometimes. I mean, the police when the police described institutionally racist, there were racist people involved. But on here, it's perfectly possible that nobody racist at any point has come up with this system but it ends up being a racist system mm. and that's and that's where we get get the problems right yeah exactly mm. so it'll all be done by algorithms and ultimately algorithms are just lines of code that are written by humans that all you know mm. have these biases built in that's one of the problems with algorithms and ai and things but that's a whole yeah. other topic. Before we get mm. onto that, shall we go to the most popular post of the week, Tatton? The most popular post of the week. Well, I mean, Diane wrote this one, and it's about shall we have sh- sh- it's about sh- shall we have shorter summer holes, which is the hardest sentence to yeah. say in the whole world. <laughs> um, the point is. We have these six-week summer holidays, and I'm a teacher, and I've had, you know, young people tell me they've forgotten how to write over the holidays. I remember going back to school and be like, oh, I can't even write anymore. Mm. This is this is ridiculous. And um, young people do 100% take a backward step in what they're capable of in the classroom over that six-week holiday. That is my my lived experience, my anecdotal evidence is that is 100% the case. So the Nuffield Foundation were like, let's get rid of it. Like the reason there's six weeks is so that people can help with the harvest and stuff. Like not, not many of our young people are helping with the harvest during no. that, that time. They're not picking strawberries particularly, except if they have a lovely day out to pick your own little farm. Because that's fun. So let's get rid of it. And then they won't, they will have better progress. We can have longer holidays elsewhere in the year to give people more of a break when we have these kind of long slog terms, all kinds of things. Uh, but obviously, the disadvantage is that you lose your six week holiday. Like, I remember. As a kid, breaking up for the hot summer holidays, and it was just like, wow, mm. all of this is ahead of me. Mm. I'm going to do so much. I mean, obviously, I ended up just sitting around doing nothing. But at the beginning of the holidays, <laughs> it feels like all of these things are there for you to to go out and do and achieve and all the fun you're going to have and, you know, the girls you're going to kiss or that never kiss anyone. You know, this this, this stretching out. And that's important, like having that time to be a child, to be a teenager is really important because school is so much more pressurized now than it used to be. Mm. So uh, six full weeks off. Yeah. I, I think it's a really, really tricky call. It's almost like I saw a lot of our followers 
repost this on their own stories with little polls, you know, that you can do on, on Insta and oh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And nearly all of them were 50-50, 49-51, you know, it's so close, I think, in, mm. in terms of how the country feel about it. But I don't think it's going to change anytime soon because people are so nostalgic for that long summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's not going to change. No. It's not going to change. It's not one of these institutions yeah. that we, we might want to change. Yeah. But like, it's, this is how things are done. Mm. And so much of our country is run on this is how things are done. And it's problematic in the policing, it's problematic in education, it's problematic in the health service, it's problematic in the prison. Like, it's, it's problematic everywhere. The, you know, the tyranny of what everybody knows. Yeah. Like, moving on. Charlotte, what do you think? Should we get rid of six-week holidays? Um, I think that we should ask the teachers and see what they think, because they're the experts. And certainly not me, a childless PhD student who doesn't get any holiday at all. Oh, get out your violins, you everyone! <laughs> I give you holiday. <laughs> oh, sorry. From simple politics, I do, and I do, I do get two weeks over Christmas. And to be fair, <clears throat> I'm not the most hardworking PhD student, so <laughs> <laughs> barely a PhD student at all. <laughs> I am. I work full time all the time. My mum's listening, Tan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um... Dan, what do you think? Yes or no? No, I think... Sorry, I, I haven't been clear. Is that no, we shouldn't cut them? No, or we no? shouldn't cut them. It's an, it's yeah. a bit of a slog. If you're working and a parent, it's a slog to have your kids off for six weeks. It, it is, you know, it's not, it's not easy. But I love the fact that you could just forget to write because you've been up a tree for six weeks. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> who does that these days though diane's kids yeah. oh That's yeah they, i forgot like, i'm sorry i temporarily stuff. forgot how wholesome diane and like, they're on the beach playing yeah I, I i as a teacher as a former teacher at least i would say it's worth taking the hit mm. it's worth in September, having to do some catching up and revision on what's happened because I think a really good solid block to be you to go out and do what you want to do or stay like just be a child or be a teenager. And it's great when you're a child and you have all this playtime or whatever. And it's great when you're a teenager and you can do, you know, go out and be independent. And, and the things you learn during that time are invaluable. You know, I worked at Argos for a bit in that time and I learned a whole lot about how conveyor belts work and the little system with the little pieces of paper. Like that's, um, that's, but it's, you learn things when you're not at school mm. and six weeks gives you that time. Right. Well, I think we're all divided too. And also we should have the 32nd of August <laughs> as our leap year. Can you imagine uh, how difficult it'll be for the people born on 32nd of August? They're like, are they, and, and the, this whole thing about when you start school, if you're born late August, I just, anyway, good well, luck with the campaign. That would be wouldn't it? I That's going to be a great campaign. I wish mm. you nothing but uh, <laughs> happiness. Thank Quick. you very much. <laughs> Now it's time for the mailbag. So this is where we answer your questions. And first up, we have Louise who asks, why do politicians behave so badly at PMQs? 
Who wants to take this? Well, it's a parliament question and I should talk about parliament because I know about parliament. You do. Oh, gosh, it's so awful. I mean, it's just, the thing is, it's always been awful. It's really easy to look at it now and go, oh, it's so much worse than it used to be. But, you know, it, it, it's not. Like Kinnock and Thatcher used to scream at each other. Like, and the noise in the background is, I mean, it's football-ish, it's sports team, it's its cheering your person, pretty much regardless of what your person is saying. Mm. It, it, it's, it's about looking like you're the winner. It's about dominating and showing how strong your side is. Very occasionally, you get some good questions and it's really clear that the Prime Minister can't answer them or doesn't want to answer them because they're really good questions. Or alternatively, sometimes questions get asked and the Prime Minister's like, well, actually, we're smashing this. Like, what are you doing? So there is sometimes buried deep inside PMQs some nuggets of scrutiny of what the Prime Minister is up to. And that's the whole point. But it is still this set piece. It's what everyone watches and everyone wants their side to come out on top. And we also get now questions that are only there to be clipped for social media. The point isn't what the answer is. The point is the stat to, to so that and both both main parties certainly do it. So Rishi Sunat's got answers written for him. And he just has to shoehorn in the bit when when he says that, whatever Starmer said. And Starmer has, you know, it's obviously his, his six questions are pre-written and he doesn't diverge from them. If, this, if the prime minister gives an answer, he will pretty much ignore it and just carry on with mm. what he, you know, it's all this stuff, social mm. media, domination, looking like you're winning. I mean, it, it, it's nonsense. I mean, it can be quite watchable sometimes, but it's generally nonsense. Can I make a quick observation? Two, two quick observations that Ooh. I know you'll come back on. One, the time in recent history where it felt more serious and more collaborative was obviously COVID, right? Because there were times in that where Stormer would be like, obviously we're going to vote with you on this and we're going to support you on this because it's for the greater good. So let's talk about the stuff we have in common and want, you know, so that felt, that felt different for a while. Obviously that's all gone. That's by the by, <laughs> but, but. Yeah, but, you, but we saw that Ukraine at the beginning mm, of the Ukraine invasion and true. when, uh, you know, after October, the October the 7th attacks. Yeah. We saw a lot of consensus. So there are times, aren't there? There are times when they can pull it together. They just need to do that more and the other thing and, and I know Tatton you've spoke about this before but it's very much the setup of the UK parliament isn't it if you look at other European parliaments or Scotland or others they're in the round they're they're set up differently this is set up for a two-sided yeah. you know for at loggerheads thing isn't it, it it's just, yeah it was some um, so the house of commons was, was bombed in the second world war and they were rebuilding it and uh they said should we do a semicircle and um winston churchill was like no 
Mm. No, we're gonna we're gonna have a fight every day. Mm. I mean, it's it's also partly so that you can have an actual debate because you're facing people, and the room is small enough. They also talked about expanding it because it doesn't fit 650 MPs in it. Mm. But by being small, you can have an eye contact, genuine debate with someone with whom you disagree. So that's it's not just so you can have a fight. It's also to improve because when it's a semicircle, you're kind of standing facing kind of nothing. You stand and you deliver your speech. You have to but do you're lots of turning engaging. around. You have to do lots of turning around <laughs> and, 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 and it's not as debatey. It's more series of speeches-y mm. is the idea of it. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I've definitely had debates with someone in a semicircle lecture theatre, so it can be done. <laughs> Oh, of course, it can be done, and uh, you know, like I'm not, you know, they clearly do it in Scotland all the time. They they fight tooth and nail on there sometimes, yeah. but I, but but that's the thinking behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it comes back. It is it's because of the days when Parliament started, when it was in like a chapel. That's how it started. Anyway, before we go too much into the history of that, Ivan asks, "How do you get into politics and form a political view?" Right, so today I've been really cross about the 29th of February, right? Something's just upset me and I've now got a political view on it, right? That's, that's how it works. It doesn't have to be something that upsets you, but, but something you want to change. That's, that's the way into politics. Like the committee system in the House of Parliament doesn't make a difference. You know, how do you feel about your bins? Do you want them to be taken out more often or do you want to be, that money to be saved and put in social care? What about the library? Like, is a library more expen- more useful than, again, let's go to social care, right? If, if that money, if there's a pot of money and that pot is a small pot of money, is it worth spending money on the library when you've got to look after people and people's bottoms need wiping, Right. How these are all political issues. The how often, how long the bus runs for, as well as the small boats, as well as all the things that make the headlines. You, you're already into politics. You've already got opinions on things. You might not have a party political. Oh, I'm a big fan of the Liberal Democrats, but you you have political views, even if you don't think of them as political views. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Do you know how many times you're maybe in the pub or you talk to someone who says, yeah, no, no, I'm not into politics, not into politics. And then they go on to tell you something they really strongly believe in. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And you're like... I mean, like... Yeah, you are. (laughs) When I speak to teenagers, when I speak to teenagers, it's almost, especially Key Stage 4, rather Key Stage 5, they're almost always like, ugh, what's Mm. this politics guy? You know, I'm like, all right, let's talk about it. Let's Mm. find out. What and I mean they're actually at school, which is like the most politicized thing in the world. So yeah, Ivan, you've got political views. D- don't sweat it. Don't be like, oh, I haven't got a serious enough political view because of course you do because you you matter and your opinion matters. Nice. Dawn says, I'm interested in something around how the media and government encourages division, which leads Ooh. us nicely on to. The third section of the podcast, which is normally where we take a closer look at a particular politician, but this week we're doing Media Watch. 
That's right, we're going to look at the whole of the media, put them in the spotlight. Tatten, take it away. Well, the media landscape is very different depending on who you are. Older people tend to watch television, not just television, linear television. Like, you know, when you go to like the TV guide on your TV, I mean, you've probably not done that in a very long time, but older, of course Diane does it. Um, <laughs> but older people tend to watch linear TV. So on TV, you've got channels that appeal to more older people whose whose views tend to be on the right. So you've obviously got BBC News, which is, you know, the BBC, and Sky News, but you've also got GB News, and you've also got Talk TV. Now, I was on Talk TV on Friday, and I made a comment about how attacks on Muslims were every bit as important as attacks on Jews. And I've got to say, I didn't think that was a particularly punchy comment to have made. And the host shouted at me that I can't come on his show and call him outrageous. And he suggested I should leave the studio. And I didn't know if I had to leave the studio. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was quite full on, but that's the thing. Talk TV wants viewers who are outraged by things. It needs to be exciting or they'll go elsewhere. And by elsewhere, I mean GB News. So they are in a battle to appeal to older people who have kind of more centre-right, right-wing views. And they need to be dramatic and they need to have the story. And so Lee Anderson mouths off and is racist. And, you know, I get told to go get out the studio and all of this stuff. Right. Mm. So that's the TV side of things. There is no left wing TV channel. TV no, news channel. No, there isn't. There is, is because there? because no. because the left wing tends to be younger mm -hmm. and young people don't watch linear TV. Mm. So that's why that is. And then kind of you've got kind of newspapers which I don't know who buys newspapers. Because you have, you've got still got a good spread from the Guardian, the Times, the Telegraph, the i newspaper. I've got the i newspaper app, and on my tablet at the weekend, I sit and have a coffee and I read the i newspaper, and it's it's a nice way to spend, you know, a, a, a half an hour on a Saturday morning. And they've got good puzzles. They've I do got my really Stoku in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy that, but I don't know who goes. But people do, and you can tell people do, because every supermarket and every corner shop still has loads of newspapers, and yeah. they're not stupid. If mm. they didn't sell, they would have, like, Easter eggs or whatever they would have yeah. on those shelves. So they do sell. It's difficult. Like, like, like the, tele the Telegraph is being sold at the moment, and that's the interest that's being sold to someone from abroad. Should people from abroad be able to buy newspapers? But Telegraph is no longer a particularly serious newspaper. It's obsessed with reform. Richard Tice, the leader of reformers, in there every day. Nigel Farage in there every day. They're traditionally a newspaper for conservatives. But again, they go where their audience are. So if only older centre-right, right-wing people are buying that paper, they will be more centre-right, right-wing. The Guardian manages to do okay. I think they probably sell a lot in North London. 
But, you know, that's newspapers. And then you may well be listening to this thinking, okay, we've talked a lot about old people, old, 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 older people. Where do young people fit in? And you know the answer to this. It's social media. That's where young people are. It's TikTok. Mm. It's Snapchat. It's Instagram and face, I mean that's Facebook, but but that's where and that's where you will get your left wing news, and that's where you will get all kinds of pages pushing a, a, a more of a left wing agenda. So people talk about echo chambers, and and it's not it's not just echo chambers. It's entirely siloed. It's entirely grouped off, separate media formats for different people and there are of course there are right-wing people on social media i mean they mostly hang out on twitter and telegram and truth central truth meet truth what's it called truth social trump's one truth truth social it's just brilliant um imagine having a platform for lies that you yeah. call truth i mean it's it's so 1984 i love it well done him Oh, that's Trump's, uh, that's Donald, Donald Trump's one that he set up when he was kicked off Twitter. So that's where we are. And trust on social media is a really interesting thing. Newspapers have trust because they've got that history yeah. behind them, that weight yeah. of hundreds of years of coming out. Mm. TV has some trust because linear TV is like, it's a respectable, it's a respectable, trustworthy thing. Social media, no one knows who to trust really. And We've got all this division. I mean, I want to touch briefly on SP before before we all we all discuss it because there is no reason why anyone should trust SP. It is, it was me making stuff up, putting it on social media, right? It's now Diane, Charlotte, and me, and we just kind of look around and we put things on. The only way. I can persuade you to trust SP is to look at our tens of thousands of posts. Mm. Look back, look back and see what we've done. That's, yeah. that's the only basis of trust. And other people try to get trust by appealing to their, their own echo chamber stuff. You, if you don't like the conservative, if you're on social media, so you're a bit lefty and you don't like Rishi Sunak, you kind of get trust by saying, oh, Rishi Sunak is smelly. And then everyone goes, oh yeah, I'm joining you on this. Oh, he's so smelly, right? So campaigning doesn't need trust because it's clear what they're doing. And then you do get a gray area where people pretend to not be campaigning. They pretend to be kind of impartial when they're actually a campaigning organization. And that's really dodgy. And that's where you need to have critical thinking. Mm. And you need to be aware of what's going on on social media. You'd be able to read in and read between the lines. I think the whole thing is fascinating, but it's all driven by the audience is the point. Mm. And I'm going to shut up now. Except us, where we do our own thing, regardless yeah. of audience. <laughs> oh, we don't give a shit. No. <laughs> That's great. And that is great. It's not true. It's not true, Diane. We care deeply about what people want. And we're, we're always looking swayed. at how many likes and how many yeah. comments. Oh, we're not swayed. We're but not we do. Swayed. But we do care yeah. that we're putting out the stories that people are most interested in. So we might we have conversations, don't we? Where it's mm. like, oh, this is such a fascinating little debate that's just happened in the House of Commons. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to post on it because no one will care. No one will care. Yeah, 
So we are also swayed by our audience. Yeah, true. A little bit. But I think you're right. I think for us, it is a very potentially scary year with election year coming because social media in particularly where we are and newspapers and TV and whatever else, it is, it's going to escalate this stuff around sensationalism and around drawing people into their, to, to certain platforms and around, you know, just saying the thing that's going to get the biggest hook, even if there's a grain of truth in it. So I think for us, we, like Tatton said, all we can ask you to do is look at our record, look at what we've done, you know, we will keep on doing what we do because that's that's what we do. And And we don't always get it right. We don't always get it right, but we always hold our hands up when we've got it wrong. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the difference between us and a lot of social media channels. There's a lot of misinformation out there. And then it's pointed out that that's not true and they don't change. So, I mean, we could talk about that all day, let's be real. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have time to talk about it all day. So uh, we're going to have to move on to the crystal ball. So, what is going to be happening over the next week, Tatton? The budget's coming. It's the budget. It's all about the budget. Nothing else matters but the budget. Um, Jeremy Hunt's now talking about getting rid of non-doms, which I think is just an amazing move. (laughs) Just in one swoop, uh, really screwing the opposition. Where I like, it's definitely, it's definitely a ballsy move. I don't think it'll happen. I think it's just, he's just putting that out there to terrify everybody i mean vape taxes national insurance co- i mean wednesday 12 30 don't go anywhere else okay if i have to um <laughs> i hate i hate budgets i don't understand it but thankfully we have diane diane uh, our financial expert what's on your crystal ball this week <laughs> a really quick one expect to see lots about getting registered to vote okay i know i talked about an election coming it's still months and months off but it doesn't matter because you can get registered whenever you can do it now and then it's off your to-do list and you don't have to think about it again and um yeah lots and of if pe- you if you are if yeah. you are registered to vote you can get involved in the campaign for the 32nd of August (laughs) which is important and it helps your credit score so register right that's all we have time for this week so thank you very much Tatna and Diane thanks Charlotte thank you very much vote day 2nd of August bye oh god bye just heard a stripped media production
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.